It's time for the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on BallQuest. Good Thursday, everyone. Welcome to the BallQuest.com Mailbag Podcast, presented by our good friends at Smoky Mountain Organics. Be sure to check them out online at SmokyMountainOrganics.com. Smoky Mountain Organics features the best brands of CBD products, bath and body care items, organic teas. They've got the largest selection of plant therapy essential oils in Tennessee, plus many more items. If you don't visit them online, you can visit them in person at Gantlerburg, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville. That's three of their locations. And of course, they have their location in Knoxville at 8018 Kingston Pike. That's Smoky Mountain Organics. Be sure to check them out at SmokyMountainOrganics.com. For or with Rob Lewis and Austin Price and Brent Hubs, glad to have you along. We got to jump right into the questions. We've got uh, plenty of them as the balls are coming off that win over Missouri. It's got a lot of recruiting questions heated back up, and uh, a lot of people want to know where recruiting's at, as well as plenty of football, some hoop stuff. So we'll dive right into it here. We'll start with Zeval, who wants uh, an update or a grade on Joe Milton and Hendon Hooker on their performances this season. Um, I, I think Joe Milton's an incomplete at, at the, I mean, based on the last couple of weeks, cause he hadn't played a meaningful snap, played a good quarter against Bowling Green to start the season. Um, and then it didn't go well for the next, what, four quarters till he got hurt. We haven't seen since. So, um, I, I, you know, obviously not a high mark for Joe Milton and an incomplete the last few weeks as for Hendon hooker. Um, you know, I, I think that's a I think that's a grade that's going up, Austin. When, when you look at him, I mean, you go back to that interception against Pitt, wasn't very good, uh, but the last two weeks he's been really good. Yeah, I would go B plus to A minus for Hendon Hooker. I mean, you know, it depends on how much you want to weigh that interception against Pitt on him. Um, if you don't weigh it that much, then you know it's an A minus. If you weighed it a lot, it's a B plus. You know, that's, that's kind of how I look at it. I mean, he's he's continued to grow, and that's what you want to see is he continues to get better with every outing. Can he take what he did at Missouri and build off of it against South Carolina? Again, I think this game's huge just because Tennessee can build upon uh, the, the Missouri win. And I'm not saying win 62-24 again, but, you know, win convincingly against a Gamecocks team that's just not very good, then he just continues to build confidence in the program. So for, for Hendon Hooker, I think he drives the he drives this whole thing. Rob, I think when you look at Hooker, I mean, the, whether you give it, you do a letter grade or you don't, I mean, the biggest thing is what Austin's talking about, and, and it's the growth and how much more comfortable. You look at that Missouri game, starting progressions, starting to see him go to multiple reads, making faster decisions. If, if the first read's not there, he's quickly getting his eyes where it needs to be to find his, his auxiliary or his second receiver or even his third receiver at times. I mean, his eyes look like they're getting better every week in this offense. Yeah, he, he's, he's getting rid of it quicker is the biggest thing I noticed. And against Missouri, they, they were more successful on those 20-plus yard throws down the field, three or four. And when he is getting rid of it quick, he's making good decisions. He was 11 and 12 on, on the short stuff, which is, you know, you, you got to do more than that. But if when you are showing it, throwing it short to be that efficient and to get rid of it that, as fast as he is, I think is a real good sign. And I I think also makes the best point. You can see progression, whereas – and it was a small sample size, and I don't want to be hypercritical. You didn't see that progression with Milton from, from game one to game two. Yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, At Mom Power wants to know, here's one reason I like Josh Heupel. Compare the last 48 hours before the Pittsburgh game to the 48 hours before the Missouri game. Heupel learned from his mistakes and made the corrections. That shows his willingness to grow and learn as a coach and make progress each week. This is huge. 
Do you agree? Thoughts on this? I don't know what the 48 hours look like in either one. I know Josh Heupel wasn't happy, uh, you know, when he talked about the Pittsburgh game. He wasn't happy when he talked about their uh, work, before, you know, their last 48 hours before the Tennessee Tech game. But, but Rob, I don't know what that means, to, to, to be honest with you. I mean, I think this team was certainly more dialed in to play against Missouri. I think they were more ready to play, I guess. Uh, but this is a team that's been ready in the first quarter of every game this year. I mean, I, I wouldn't have sat here and said, boy, that team was really bad the 48 hours before kickoff to Pittsburgh. Because if they throw, if they catch two deep balls or Milton hits them, it's 21 nothing at the end of the first quarter, which quite frankly was pretty close to what it was at the end of the first quarter against Missouri. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. We, we, we don't know exactly what it looked like. And we've heard some things like, you know, guys being late. For, for stuff or, you know, nothing major, but just what, just what added up to Heupel to be a lack of focus. And obviously, you know, I, I don't know that he learned anything. I mean, I think he, he so knew what bad. he wanted. Right. He knew what he wanted. He just, and he let all the players know it in no uncertain terms. I think the players learned something about consequences. Yeah. And, and, and learned what the expectations were there. Um, all right. Austin to you, Vol since 1996, will Tennessee sign more, than 25 for football this year, especially with the one-year roster replenishment from the NCAA. Yeah, I would venture to say they will. You know, I mean, you know, why would you not? You're naturally going to lose somebody. There, there are going to be people going the portal. There's going to be people going the portal every year from here until the end of college football. I mean, that, that's just – or until the end of the transfer portal. I mean, it's that's just going to be the thing. I mean, you know, there were always kids that transferred. Now you can go and be immediately eligible somewhere. Kids will go transfer more. So um, there'll be some, you know, attrition. And then Tennessee will, you know, add some guys from the portal to, you know, counteract that. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have all of the math, the, the you know, the, the hard math on, on all of this because I, I think Tennessee somewhere between 71 and 73 scholarship guys. Um, but exactly. Well, I heard they were 78 hubs. Well, that's if you count super seniors, which don't count. <laughs> I'm the, playing, I'm but, but the interesting thing with the super seniors is next year they do count on your yeah, sure. So if you bring five or six of those guys back, then that affects like your Fant would be a super senior next year. Right. Hendon Hooker would be a super senior next yes. year. You bring those guys back, then you got to back them off the 85. So where are you in terms of what that 85 number looks like at the end of this year, I think is the, the unknown, which is hard to say, yeah, they'll definitely add seven or they'll definitely add four more, um, you know, on top of the 25 number out there. Do I think Tennessee's going to sign more than or have more than 25 new players here? Yes, I think they will, but I don't know that it'll be 32 because I don't know that the number is going to be uh, against the 85 is going to be at, at a level where you can bring that many guys in. And, and that'll depend on how many people leave how many super seniors come back uh, and how all of that plays out when it's all said and done. Um, e Schaefer 92. Do you see, do we see Whitehead move into being a legitimate contributor this year? I know they'd already planned on playing him some. He performed really well, despite his skill set being different than the rest as he passed right on the depth chart. Well, as we, as several people pointed out last week, I mean, the three of us could have ran through those holes. Lenneth Whitehead ran through I mean, like yeah, he looked good and showed a burst, and 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 and, and you know looked what did what he's supposed to do. Um, you know, has he passed Jalen Wright? I think his work ethic on the practice field the last you know month has put him ahead of Jalen Wright. 
Um, you know, I think there are certain games that maybe don't fit Jalen Wright from a from a pass protection standpoint, but uh, there are also some games that you know that do fit him. So um, right now, I think you know those two are kind of battling neck and neck for that number three spot, and you know we'll see we'll see you know I think it'll be a game by game basis on who who Tennessee feels like can give them the advantage that week. And, and I think for Wright, he's got to get healthy. He's been bothered by a couple of things. Lennis Whitehead got banged up in, in the game against Missouri. So the availability of both of those guys will be something to watch on Saturday. We know we won't get an answer to it uh, when Josh Heupel meets the media later today. But um, I, I think the availability and how effective and, and how healthy both of those guys are on Saturday is something to look for in warm-ups. Rob, what did you like about Whitehead that you saw out of him? Uh, power, first off, but then uh, more agile than I anticipated at, at his size. I thought, you know, I would it's a small sample size, but I would I would call it a decisive kind of one cut runner that gets downhill in a hurry. I mean, we're talking about nine carries, so I don't know I don't know that we can really dissect his game. But just a, a big guy that can move. And I mean looked instinctive. Yes. And as Austin mentioned, there was one cut was only needed because there were a lot of holes in that Missouri defense to run through. I don't want to take anything away from what he did, but that was a nice, easy day running the football for those running backs. I, um, I heart balls. You guys have mentioned how the 22 recruit rankings have been affected by kids not being evaluated at camps due to COVID. Now that most high school seasons are at their halfway points, can you give a stock up, stock down on the following players relative to their preseason rankings? All right, Austin, you ready? I'm gonna go play. I'm gonna go play by play here, one uh, name by name with you. Wade Twins, stock up, stock down. I'm going stock up. Stock up. Keaton, okay. Keaton's a stud, and, and Destin, he's not a quarterback, no matter what he thinks, and he won't be a quarterback at Kentucky, um, but he'll, he'll, he'll be a player for them. Ty Simpson, up or down? I'll go stagnant. Stagnant, about what you thought he was going to be there. Yes. Okay, Isaiah Horton, from a production down. standpoint, I'm going to say Stock, down. Down, he, he's not catching anything. They're not, they're not throwing it to him, and, and he ain't getting open. Cam Miller, up or down? I'm going up. Yeah, up, but I mean, you know, they're in two A now. He's dominating every week. I mean, he's, you know, he's doing what he's supposed to do. So numbers might know, be the worrisome part would be if he weren't putting up two hundred yards and four touchdowns a game. All right, Jordan James, up or down? Stagnant. He's what he's what I thought he would be. Dallin Hayden, uh, stock up because they got nothing, and he's he's seeing ten man boxes, and he's still over a thousand yards. Uh, Barry on Brown. Um, stock up. Hey, problem with Barry. Barry has got to take care of his stuff off the field. If if he doesn't improve his his stuff off the field, then you know it's gonna hurt him in the long run. All right, uh, Anthony Brown. Um, doesn't matter. Tennessee's not recruiting him. Jalen Lewis. Um, I would say stock up. I, you know, Willie went out and watched him. You know, a couple of weeks ago. I think Coach Martinez was impressed with what he saw. Jacob but Stewart. but they were too slow in the process. Kids come into Arkansas. So, I mean, like, I, you know, would be shocked if Tennessee can get back in there. Yeah. I mean, he just won't know about their stock, about, yeah. about kind of where, where they're rank, where they are in their rankings. Jacob Hood, I don't know about that one. I've not, I've yeah. not kept up. And he's with not that. playing, you know, because he, because he, he, he's technically too old. So, like, he's not playing. So, so no stock. Yeah, I can't up. evaluate. Right. Caden Pope, unbelievable. Stock up, stock up for me because, I mean, he just balls every week. I mean, it's an interesting recruitment. Um, you know, I think there's some hope that he may make it up here for a visit this weekend, but 
again, it's because if you just look at his pure stats and his film, then the interest just doesn't. It, it's weird. I don't, I don't know how to explain it's, it. The, the level of the level of interest from schools at the Power Five level don't match what his production and film looks like to me. So I'm, I'm not sure what the disconnect is there. It's not a great or off the field thing. Cause that's not, I mean, he's, he's got no issues there at all. And lastly, Elijah Herring. Uh, I'll go stock up and he, he and Caleb and balling. So they, they, they've been really, really good. And so, yeah, I would only go Tennessee. The best thing Tennessee did was push there in April because that kid has gotten better and better and better. And he's smart. He's well put together. You and I, when we left Riverdale, our, we both looked at each other in the car and said, Tennessee's going to look back and go, that was the smartest decision we made. Yep, I don't disagree with that. All right, Rob, Rocky Top 73, does Chandler Jackson project as a pure point guard in college, uh, not a combo guard, two- to three-year player at this point, contrast his strengths style with uh, Ziegler and Kennedy Chandler? Uh, Jackson is definitely a combo guard. He is uh, – I don't I'm, speculate him to almost certainly be a four-year player and um he's bigger stronger not nearly not nearly as quick as Ziegler or Kennedy Chandler much different um Deshaun 13 wants to know was there enough quality players in the portal for teams to flip a roster last year talking about football do you see Tennessee being able to um Flip the continue to flip the roster given their connections are being attractive to players because of the way they're playing right now. I think the portal is risk reward. Uh, you better do your homework on, on a lot of kids, you know, in terms of what you're getting off the field. If he's a good player, why is he looking to leave? Um, I, I just think that there's a whole different set of evaluation that has to take place with kids in the transfer portal. Uh, probably more so than I, I thought there would be when the transfer portal came about. I, I know from talking to people on the basketball side, however, what you said is exactly right. Before they even talk about how good of a player he is, they dig around on why is he leaving. Yeah, I, I just think that that's, you, there's, there's enough red flags that you gotta, you got to sort through the red flags to make sure that you're good with, with everything you might be dealing with. I, I think the best – portal kids are going to be the guys who are making a step up from a smaller level to uh, a bigger level in school. A guy who's been super productive at, you know, a non-Power 5 school looking to go to a Power 5 school. I, I think those are over the history of time, over time, those are going to end up being your most productive transfers. And I would, I would think kids that are leaving because of a coaching change in there too as well okay yeah you're probably right on that i, I don't disagree with that um austin anthram anthron wants to know who can we look to see as visitors both official and unofficial this weekend tell us about the db from jersey that could be visiting who decommitted from rutgers think the staff might take a run at ucf linebacker eric gilliard that entered the portal today i, I don't think tennessee is going to make a move on gilliard um you know you never know but i don't think that's a direction that I see Tennessee moving um, in, in terms of the transfer portal uh, after he went in there today from UCF, even though he's been productive starting linebacker, I, I don't see him being ultimately a, a, a fit that Tennessee is going to look at in the portal. What about this weekend's visitors AP? Well, there's three official visitors. There's Joshua Josephs, who again has been to Michigan multiple times, but he's yet to pull the trigger uh, publicly. I think, well, I don't think he's pulled it privately either based on people I've spoken with. Um, you have, 
you know, Brian Grant, who is the commitment that's going to be here officially. And then the young man, uh, Davison, I don't know how to pronounce his last name because it's not in front of me and I'm not going to attempt to throw it out there. The kid that's committed to Rutgers. Tennessee has worked out one. Tennessee, Ole Miss, Michigan. That's that's who's battling it out for him. Um, you know, uh, there's going to be a ton of unofficial visitors here, or at least it's set up that way. Hubs, all I know is I started making some phone calls and I was like, Thank God, this sounds like a recruiting weekend. Like it, it just got me excited because it's been such a just like watching paint dry for the last like six weeks or more. Um, but I mean, you, you know, in state, you got Caden Pope, you got the Spillmans, Caleb Beasley said he's coming, Jacob Page, Brandon Hayward, um, the Herring brothers are going to be here this weekend. Uh, out of state guys like Big Burley may be here. Jordan Thomas, who's the corner from. Uh, in, in Alabama, down in Alabama that I would put on commit watch if he comes up here. Um, you know, he, he, he's going to be in town. Uh, let's see, Caleb Webb's going to be in town. Most interesting note here. I'm um, basically giving away the war room on the podcast. Um, James Pierce. You're and fired. Jaylen... <laughs> Hush. <laughs> James Pierce and Dalen Smothers. Um could be know, back to be here or wow. coming back yes wow. yeah, so, that that at least that's tentative okay sure. they all may not all make it in but if tennessee gets 65 or 70 percent of those kids that's a really good weekend for a noon game yeah like you know you know again they won't get them all all those names aren't going to make it in but at least those names have indicated they are planning to come saturday noon south carolina and that is certainly uh some movement on the recruiting fronts which has been extremely quiet obviously for, for the last several weeks as you mentioned so we'll keep tabs and keep working on those guys to, to see uh, how many of those are still scheduled to come in um, as late as Friday and again you never know what happens on Saturday morning when somebody wakes up I think getting those kids from Lipscomb in is a, is a positive sign um, well it makes sense that. they play Catholic here Friday night so right. why not just take around you know? but 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 taking advantage of that is a smart is a good is a good move by Tennessee and and shows that they've been working those kids and, and certainly have some attention with those guys um, in the 23 class and beyond. All right, Smyrna VFL wants to know, do we see any new starters on defense this week, particularly in the secondary? Um, with the passing of the transfer recruiting rules, do you see the staff start scouting more high school players and take more projects or dedicate more time scouting junior, JUCO and contacting portal players this season and going forward in the future? Um, I don't think, Rob, I don't think we're going to see any new starters in the secondary unless Trayvon Flowers is back healthy. If he's back healthy, I think they go back to their original starting lineup in the secondary. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I think you'll continue to see him mix those young guys in. I think Slaughter earned himself, you know, some, some playing time. And with Theo's flexibility, you can move some guys around if you, you know, if you feel like Danico Slaughter needs every, deserves every third series or, or something like that. But no, no new starters. Austin on the recruiting stuff. I mean, they never stop recruiting high school players or, or evaluating high school players. No, um, no, 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 no. You got There's too not. many people in the building watching tape. No, and here's one. We will save it for the war room. But there is a player that Tennessee is, has evaluated and worked and worked and worked. And it's coming in this weekend. They haven't offered yet, but potentially could this weekend. And he's got a little NFL lineage. There you go. All right. Well, no more here. Tease for the war room. There is a little tease. Um, but I, I think you have to when you when you're investing the amount of money you are in recruiting and the per and the bodies you're investing in recruiting, you, you got to evaluate the transfer portal. Huh. You got to evaluate 
you, I mean, you got to evaluate all of it constantly, not you, nonstop. You go to, yeah, portal, JUCOs, high school kids. And then I, the all important kids that committed elsewhere that shunned you early that you might come back around on later, you know, and that's why you don't, that's why you handle yourself the right way when a kid doesn't pick you the first time yep. and don't, see, see what happens. Don't, know, we'll see, don't we'll spike see. the phone. Don't spike the phone on a kid who tells you no thanks. I mean, that's you right. Wish, you, you wish or not. And if I can ever help you, don't forget about me. I'm, I'm here for you type deal. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the best example of that ever was Jeremy Pruitt and Cade Mays. Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, whether you want to rip on Jeremy Pruitt or not, that's exactly right. If you ha- if he'd have handled that one different, Rob, then that would have never come back around. Um, it helped him not burn any bridges. bridges. Yep, it, it's exactly I right. Mean, why would Hub say somebody was going to rip on me? I don't understand. <laughs> Brandon SV wants to know: Are Dylan Sampson's measurables updated? Got him at five ten, one eighty. Will the staff look at adding another running back? Dylan Sampson is a lot smaller than Evans. Jabari Small even smaller than Jalen Wright. Uh, will we look to bring in a more every down back? Um, I think he's a, I think he's heavier than 180 pounds. I don't know what his measurables are currently. Um, I would say 190. I mean, he's not way heavier, but no. I mean, he's bigger. Yeah. But but they're gonna. I mean, I think Tennessee's gonna bring in or gonna certainly look to try to bring in another back if they can. Right. Yes, 100. percent That. You know, I don't think they've officially decided that, but yes, I believe that that's probably going to happen, whether it's going the transfer portal route or, you know, you know, taking a swing at someone who's, you know, committed elsewhere. Um, Hard hat ball. Can you tell us which players are for sure gone after this year and who has one more year, one more year of eligibility uh, if they wanted to come back? I think we mentioned some of the Princeton Fant. Um, I guess technically Cade Mays could, but nobody expects that to happen. He's yeah, Cade, Cade Mays will not be back. Right. Um, I, but in theory, he could be one of your six, but he's not going to be. Uh, Princeton Fant, um, Karon Calbert. Yes. Um, th- those are three. Those are three that I, I, I can think of right off the bat. I, I don't know. I don't know who else. Grant Perkins. I'm sure there's another Scott. There's a scholarship guy on defense, so, you know, somewhere who could come back. I'm not sure if, if that will be the case or not. Uh, but I think there's a total of six, and those are three of those six. Um, ball WWA, not WWE, Austin. WWA. Okay. Uh, do you think this staff regrets not going to a more experienced? I the wrong button. Uh, experienced receiver on the crucial fourth down pass against Florida. Jones would have been who I would have liked instead of the drop ball by Callaway. I, I look, I don't know if they sit around and, and, and regret that. I've not had that conversation with Alex Golish or Cody Burns or anybody. I, I think it's clear, Rob, that Valus Jones in the slot makes the most sense for this offense and changes the way this it's going to change the way this offense can, can go if the quarterback keeps playing well, because now you got a defined role. Valus is the best guy with the ball in his hand and the underneath stuff. And, and have you kind of always thought that about him, though, Hubbard? I have, yes. With his I – mean, just I mean, just purely from a physical standpoint, from the way – you know, he's, he's built more like a running back than a wide receiver. And he's got, more, he's got the most wiggle of any of those receivers. Yeah, without question. I mean, I, I, mean, I think it's a no-brainer. 
Yeah, and maybe Austin, they didn't go there with him early on because he missed so much time in fall camp. I don't know. Maybe they just maybe, missed that one. And maybe know. Javante Payton has given him the freedom to do that with, with his progress since the start of fall camp. That may be something to that, too. I hadn't I think what, it that way. I think a little, it's what both of you just said. I think that he was more hampered early on than people realize, and Javante Payton's growth has allowed them to tinker. So, um, will Jabari Small be able to go? What's up with Jalen Wright? Jalen Wright's just banged up a little bit. Small continues to be bothered by that shoulder. I think he's going to try to go, Austin. The question is, how durable can he be? Obviously, he wasn't very durable and couldn't hold up in the Missouri game. So, um, I, I think that's a pretty – that's an injury that you would like to get him some downtime if you could. I just don't know if, how realistic that is right now. I think he's super questionable for Saturday. Okay. Uh, one of the major discussion points on this board prior to the season was how much Coach Heupel improved the quarterbacks he inherited. Hendo Cinco, I guess that's his new nickname, looks more comfortable, looks to be progressing and reads better, making throws that he wasn't during the spring. You discussed Hooker some in the Tuesday podcast, but I like your, appearance, your opinion on what you think his ceiling is. Um, I don't know what his ceiling is. I mean, he, he's, he's obviously emerged as the best fit here. I thought it was interesting. Austin on uh, Tuesday, Alex Golish talked about one of the things they've learned about him since the season started was how tough he is and how good of a runner he is because you didn't see that over the summer or in fall camp because of the red jersey that you play. But you, can, you, but you can't put on the Virginia Tech film and see that he's a good runner. I mean, like he did that at Virginia Tech and, and, and did it just the way he's doing it now. I, I get that. That to me is a head scratcher. I get but the I, toughness part. You can't. You don't know that. But like but the think, running part, I, I don't know. That's a, a bit of a head scratcher for me. Yeah, and I think I think his physicality is un- underrated. I mean, Joe Milton overshadowed him so much just from a physical standpoint. Yes, he's a bigger six, guy, Rob, than than most people realize. He's six three two twenty. Yeah. And the other, you know, the other notion with him is that he did not, you know, in the summertime was he didn't, and even in the spring is he was conservative with the ball, didn't throw the deep ball, checked it down a bunch, couldn't stretch the field when reality is he can stretch the field. Yeah, um, see, I, I, I think that's a great point, Hubbard. I think, in this, I think he was overly cautious to the point of feeling like the guy who made the fewest mistakes would win the job. And I think that's one thing, you know, we haven't heard the conversations behind the scenes with him and Coach Heibel, but I think Coach Heibel has done a great job of kind of drawing him out of that shell and looking to force the issue while at the same time balancing, not not putting the ball in harm's way these last couple of weeks. Yeah, and I think that hurt him in terms of the viewpoint of what people had for him coming out of spring practice. And I don't just mean fans' viewpoint of him, Austin. I mean the coach's viewpoint of him. Is could he, could he, you know, could he pull the trigger and stretch the field? Because that's just – he didn't play it that way in spring ball. I mean, he, he was the king of the check down the entire spring. His whole spring game was a check down play. Uh, except for the last throw where he hit Cedric Tillman on the, the deep ball. Yep. That's in the I, spring game. That's, that's, he, he did hit that one there. Um, Duffield Vall wants to know, how does the O-line and D-line recruiting look for this year? Pretty much done on the O-line. And Walter Nolan's at the top of the priority list for defensive line. They, they'd take a tackle in the portal, wouldn't they? offensively they would yes but otherwise pretty done right yeah i think they're done with the high school ranks i think they'll take a transfer okay uh brazeval wants to know let's cut through all the bs here what's the story on jalen height and juan mitchell 
just not vibing, buying into the staff. If so, can it be repaired? They say Jawan Mitchell's hurt. Um, the longer he stays hurt and doesn't play, the more Aaron Beasley's taken full advantage of those opportunities, uh, along with along with Jeremy Banks. So we'll see when Jawan Mitchell gets back or gets to be a factor there. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, uh, Rob, Alex Golish made it clear they're looking for more out of him on the practice field. He made it. I mean, and it's 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 become apparent that they're and you you picked up on it and, and wrote about it this weekend. They're they're pulling. Right, wide receiver snaps for guys who they don't have full trust in. I mean, for, for Tillman to play 70 plus snaps at Missouri in a game where they scored 62, I think that was, that should have been an attention getter for, for some guys on the depth chart. Yep. And, and we'll see how Jalen Hyatt responds to, to that. Um, I think the ball is kind of in his court in terms of how he responds to that and, and goes from there. Nobody in the program's questioning his talent. Uh, I think they're just looking for more consistent out of him um, for, for sure. A um, couple more questions before we get out of the gate. Um, Volunteered 87 wants to know, uh, what is Tennessee's big recruiting weekend? Is it going to be Ole Miss? I know it's been tough with the early games, but what do you think their big weekend is going to be? Um, is it Ole Miss, is, do you think? Or is, or is there going to be, quote, a big weekend, Austin? Well, I mean, I, you know, just rolled off a bunch of names that I think are pretty important to the recruiting class. So, I mean, you know, the, this weekend now, as far as official visitors. That's what I think. That's where I'm going. I mean, like, you know, I mean, I think Cody Jones and Walter Nolan are going to be here officially for the Georgia game. So, And they, and they may do some some December official visits. They may be a, a staff that does late official visits outside of, you know, the season. That may be a big yeah. weekend. I mean, we, we, we don't know. We'll have to see um, – you know, what happens there. All right, last two. Assuming the Vols win at least six games, will they accept a bowl invite or will they self-impose a bowl ban to appease the NCAA? You better not self-impose a bowl ban if you get to six. I don't think that's fair to your kids. If you're going to do a bowl ban, you should have done it already. Otherwise, I don't think that's I don't think that's fair to a kid to have busted their hump if they get it to six to go, hey, congratulations on getting six wins. By the way, we're not going to let you go to a bowl game. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you should have pulled the plug earlier. Yeah, if you if you if you're not going to go to a bowl game, you should have already done that. Otherwise, you make the NCAA tell you, Rob, that you're not going to a bowl game. You're not self-imposing it. Yeah, I think as, as I think all three of us, as, as we've looked at the landscape of college athletics in the last, you know, six to eight months with the NIL stuff, with the lack of disciplinary action against all these you know cheating basketball coaches like Will Wade, that why would you self-impose anything? You know, I would die on the hill of what are you going to do to me? We'll see what Tennessee elects to do, but I think it's a bad – I think it's a bad move if you do that to your kids late in the year after they made their way to get to six wins. Last question, TNT balls. In your guys' opinion, was the Missouri game an aberration or do an aberration or do you see the guys – or did you see something that made you feel like this team program may have turned a corner? I think you have to be careful in, in the whole turning the corner thing. I think Missouri's a train wreck. I don't want to take anything away from the kids. I think they played clean. I think they did a lot of things moving in the right direction. Uh, but this program's turned, had too many turn the corner games the last 10 years that weren't turn the corner games. So I, I got to see it multiple weeks. Do, I, I was just going to say do it again this week. Do it again this week. I'm not saying it's win 60 to 24. 
Tennessee goes out and wins, let's say, 38-17 to 17 or 38-21, then, you know, that's two really solid outings in a row. I think everybody would be feeling really confident, probably overconfident with Ole Miss rolling in here next weekend. Rob? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Robert. Missouri's just too bad of a team to make that kind of proclamation about. Is it, I would view it as a really positive sign that Tennessee took a – SEC team, no matter who it was behind the woodshed like that, but they're just not good enough to, you know, hang your hat and say, man, balls are, balls are back. Yeah. I, I asked, I asked Josh, I made a statement to Josh Hyper Winston on ball calls that, you know, the way guys had talked this week and the way they have kind of handled and gone about their business, they seem like a, a pretty mature football team. And <laughs> he did, he did the Bruce Arians double take gif. It was like, whoa, 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 we're not going down that road. That's a little too far at this point. Uh, to, to suggest that. So uh, plenty of room to grow for this team, and, and nobody's suggesting that they have, have turned the corner by any means. They, they've got to get healthier and they've got to stay healthier uh, is one thing that's going to be important for this team going down this, this stretch run of this season and certainly through a challenging month of October. And, and we'll see how healthy this team is uh, when they roll onto the field, uh, roll out on the field on Saturday after Al Wilson leads the ball walk. So if you're a uh, Tennessee fan going to the game and you want to um, pay respects to Al Wilson, then line up for the ball walk and, and see him there. But uh, 945. There there will be some 50-ish year old guys with tears in their eyes. Over. Yeah, he was uh, he was a special cat that rolled through here. There's no doubt about that. So uh, going to be great to honor him on Saturday for all that he got done at the University of Tennessee and all he accomplished here for this program. So 945 starts the ball walk on Saturday with Al Wilson leading the team down the hill um, into gate 21 for the football game. But that's going to do it for this edition of the VolQuest.com mailbag podcast presented by our good friends at Smoky Mountain Organics. For Rob Lewis and Austin Price and Brett Hubbs, thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. You've been listening to the VolQuest mailbag podcast every week right here on VolQuest.